Welcome back to the Thermodat Podcast. I'm your host, Jayton Miller, and today I have a very special guest. Her name is Benedicte Lurch. She is out of Denmark. She is a biochemist as well as a health coach um, and one of Repeat's many protégés. So I'm super excited for y'all to be able to listen to this one. We talk about multiple areas of metabolism and healing. So um, I will stop chatting and let's get into it. How's it going today, guys? I am here with Benedicte and I, I'm gonna miss, I'm just gonna call it out right off the bat. I'm gonna say it badly. Um, it, so in English, lurch. In Denmark, I can you can you pronounce it for them? Yes, lerke. <laughs> so we pronounce the e in the end. That's what's different from English. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually got introduced through a mutual friend, Derek. Um, he kind of, he sent me your website and some of the stuff that you've been doing and you've been helping him out as far as like, um, coaching and all that good stuff. And he has nothing but great things to say about you. That's good. Um, do you mind kind of giving the audience a little bit of your background and kind of where you're coming from? Yeah, I'm Danish and Denmark is in Europe, Scandinavia. (laughs) So, um, uh, and when I was 20 years old, around there, I got very sick myself. I had some throat infections and lived in a very dark and moldy place, actually, when I was working in Paris at the time. And um, so I got very sick and didn't know what was going on with me. And uh, it took me a long time to figure out that I had low metabolic rate or what is called low thyroid function. And uh, I went through the whole medical system in Denmark. We are very lucky that it's free here. So it didn't cost me a lot, but they just said, well, that must be going on in your mind because we couldn't. Some blood tests, was they were a little off, but there was nothing really, you couldn't really see it. So the low metabolic rate was actually not that low, but then I ended up in a private clinic that said that even though you're within the normal range, you're, you're, you're too low and that's possibly what's causing your symptoms. So, I, so from this uh, private doctor, I got some help, but I didn't feel that it was enough help I got. And then I started searching the internet that was around 2000, year 2000. And, um, I was very lucky to come in contact with Dr. Ray Pete, an American biologist with uh, his whole research area is low thyroid function. So he helped me a lot with figuring out why I had the symptoms and how my body was um, reacting to the medication that I was uh, given for treating low thyroid function. Uh, I got some medication for it. And I understood a lot about hormones from him and so forth. And from there, I, I've always been interested in nutrition and chemistry and so forth. But I figured that I must study something uh, in that direction myself. So I um, went to Copenhagen University where I did a, a study in biochemistry. So I have a master's in biochemistry from Copenhagen University. And that taught me, you know, I, I, Ray Pete, uh, Dr. Ray Pete, which we, we are going to talk more about here. Uh, he's kind of complicated to understand. He has a, he's he's very clever, so he's he he writes very 
in very complex ways. So I thought that <laughs> that was the right direction for me to go in. And uh, so with that in the in the package, with all that, um, yeah, when I learned biochemistry myself, of course, his writings made more sense. Um, and today I'm like, okay, he's really, what, what's interesting with the, with Ray Pete's research is that he can connect things that nobody else can, but that he can say, okay, this is connected to that and that's connected to that. So the whole body is seen in a special way when we talk about Ray Pete's, um, yeah, his teachings. Um, yeah, and then I did a, a, a PhD, but yeah, it's actually not within so much um, nutrition and stuff. It was because I was I felt that after I was done with the master's degree, I was like, I would like to go into research, but I was so um, disillusioned with going into uh, and like doing it for um, doing research within a field that I was maybe not. Uh, in agreement with in regards to the to the notions that I have uh, I have gotten a, some very strong opinions from Dr. Ray Pete and in my country we have a lot of medical industry so we have really big, big companies maybe you know that in the US too so Novo is a really big company that sells a lot of medication actually in the US so all the diabetic medications for instance is made <laughs> you from Denmark um so a lot of my um uh the, the people that I studied together with they went into these companies and did their PhDs within the companies and I was like oh I'm not really going to do that so I I got a completely <laughs> took a, took a different turn and I went into another university we have in Denmark, which is more technical, and I did something within green energy. So that was a little bit completely different. Uh, but I used a lot of my chemistry and biochemistry knowledge in it, but it was not something to do with the body or, or medication or your disease or something. So it was a different route. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, but now I'm back in a, in a way with this uh, company that I have. I feel that that's that's coming back to what I believe is is what I find interesting in biochemistry and trying to help people that are in the same situation as me, um, what as I was uh, at that time, uh, and all the difficulties I had with finding the right treatment, and so that's what I help people with today. Awesome. <clears throat> yeah. So did you go to your PhD program and then circle back around to coaching later on? Yeah, yeah, yes. During the PhD, there's not much time for anything else. So the coaching I started after the PhD, I felt that that was again like a, a, you had a choosing point in life, you know, a point in life where you needed to choose. It's a, it's a position in Denmark, we get, uh, we get paid for doing a PhD. Um, but but it was like you needed to, to to choose. Are you going to go that route, or or I'm going to go back to my biochemistry? So today, um, that was after the PhD that I started my small company here. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So um, with your coaching clients. If you have a person who has never even heard of kind of like the metabolic sphere, um, mm -hmm. 
what are some of the things that you tend to focus on first that are going to make the highest impact for them? We would talk about uh, that um, a lot of doctors are not so good today. They they were good back in back uh, maybe in the 1930s. I think Ray say say they, they they were very good at diagnosing and treating hypothyroidism, low thyroid function, but today they're. Um, they're they're missing it they're that's because they have been taught to only go by blood tests not talk with the patient not listen to their symptoms not 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 trying to feel their pulse rate and temperature and so forth and the problem is that the blood test has been very has a very broad normal range so you could actually be hyperthyroid and fall within the normal range they have decided that you can be that low and still be fine. <laughs> so that's a problem. So we would talk. So what I, if, if a person doesn't know anything about uh, thyroid function, how important it is, we would talk about things like that. And we would talk about signs that your thyroid function is low, which is um, a lot of symptoms. But the common ones are, uh, cold hands and feet, um, fatigue, headaches, digestive issues, blood sugar issues. Those are very common. Then there's a lot more. I have a list on my homepage with a lot more symptoms, but those are the very common ones. You can have both actually weight gain and weight loss. And that's a little bit weird. Everyone would think, okay, low metabolic rate, weight gain. But some people with low thyroid function actually have uh, too little that they everything goes slow in hypothyroidism so everything is just uh, <laughs> very so you can also have a, a, a lack of production of the enzymes in your digestive systems system so you are not actually digesting your food and not it's not absorbed so you can actually waste away in a weird way <laughs> when you have hypothyroidism and need to eat a lot of food in order to to, to stay at your weight. So you can go both ways, actually. You can have thinning of the hair, nails, skin problems, a lot of things. Um, and that's because thyroid is so, um, it controls a lot of things. It actually controls the cell's ability to produce energy. So when your thyroid function is low, all energy production is, is, is low and all the different organs are functioning at a lower rate and what all the functions that they do in the body is also slowed down. So everything is slowed down. The healing, if you get a cut, is also slowed down. Um, and there's this weird notion that uh, it's healthy to have a light, low thyroid function. So everything has been twisted around. And today it's like if you go to the doctor and you say, I have a super low pulse rate of 55, then you say, oh, good. That means that you, are, you, have, uh, you, are in, uh, you are you are in good, what is that called, in uh, good shape. Um, but uh, actually that's a sign. If you're not doing any sports, that's really bad for you, right? But that, because that means that with every stroke of your heart, you have a lower amount of blood and oxygen reaching your cells, and thus you will have, that's a sign of low metabolic rate, low thyroid function. So, um, so things like that would go through. 
and turns turn people's mind to the importance of thyroid function, the symptoms that are linked to thyroid function, and understanding that you can be normal in 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 a blood test and actually still be low thyroid. It's not that blood tests are not variable; they can give you some information, but it's important to also look at pulse rate, temperature, um, and a lot of symptoms. Um, yeah, definitely. So on the other side of the spectrum, if somebody has implemented the more metabolic nutrition, um, they've kind of taken care of some stressors, but their body temps are still low and their heart rate might not be coming up. What are some of the things that you would use to troubleshoot something like that? If they're already on, on a nutritional program, you would say, or, um, yeah. So if they're already using the repeat diet, as we call it, uh, which is basically what I recommend, that's his, his diet program. Uh, and we can maybe talk a little about that also. But um, then we would go into, if it's not possible with diet to up your metabolism, you would need to think about, okay, um, could your doctor, I'm not prescribing any medication, but a lot of people come to me and then they have maybe a prescription for thyroid or they have a naturopath or a doctor they work together with. They just know, don't know what to ask for in regards to medication. But then medication would be an option. I also have some good over-the-counter uh, nutritional supplements that are actually natural desiccated thyroid hormone products which is the old way of uh, treating hypothyroidism. Before the synthetic hormones were synthesized, they were using desiccated thyroid, uh, from thyroid glands from pigs or cows. That's the old way, and, and those are still, in the, still being prescribed, actually. But there are some over-the-counter products that I recommend. I don't sell anything, but I sell guides that recommend things to people. I don't sell supplements as, as such, but I, I recommend uh, different kinds that, that are quite good, actually, that can help you a lot. It's not all people that ha have the possibility to get a prescription for thyroid And it also depends on where you live in the world, how, how easy you can get these. Um, so what is called medication in one country is maybe not called medication in another country. So, yeah. What would, you, what would you say if someone was non-responsive to thyroid hormone? What What do you think would be going on in that case? That, that, those are actually difficult cases. But if you have, for instance, been eating a lot of polyunsaturated fats for for many years, and um, and you the, the the problem is that those block. Uh, thyroid function on many levels, but also on the cellular level, meaning the cellular, the cell's response to a thyroid hormone. So if you have a lot of polyunsaturated fats in your tissues, you will need to take a lot of more thyroid than a person that doesn't have that um, problem. It can also be that your nutrition is not good enough. A lot of things is needed to have an optimal thyroid function. You need to have a good liver function. So you need a lot of protein in your diet. So what I would do is look at the diet and finding out if there is something there that is not optimized. Um, yeah, I think I would go there.
interesting. Yeah. Do you focus pretty heavily on digestive health as well? Yes, I do. Um, Ray is very much into digestion and a lot of health um, programs and, and teachings are very focusing on that. That's, that's correct because the digestive system is, is our connection to the outside world, right? That's how we connect with the outside world. And um, so that's quite important. And Ray has some, Ray Pete has some really different ways of, um, of thinking about the digestive system. Um, we are taught that all these whole grain products and um, are good for you and salads are good for you and so forth. But actually you have a bacterial flora in the intestine and there are some things that they can live off that you cannot live, live off because we don't have the enzyme to digest it, to digest for instance, cellulose five fibers. So if you eat a lot of salads that contains a lot of cellulose, then you would actually feed the wrong bacteria in your <laughs> digestive system and you can end up with a bad bacterial, ba with an imbalance there. So Ray is a little different there as he is so many places. <laughs> it's not that you don't need fiber, we just like it to be from um, uh, different sources like raw carrots, bamboo shoots, and those are, have some substances in them that are antimicrobial, so they kill actually fungus and bacteria in the intestine together with being fibrous, so they carry out, um, they carry out uh, toxins and so forth. Um, but that, that's very important, yeah, because you have continuously in the intestine, you have an endotoxin production. And that's even healthy people continuously produce some toxins. And if you don't have good bowel movement and you have constipation, for instance, that can really harm your whole hormonal system too. So yeah, that's very important. Yeah. So um, could you kind of just give like a brief overview of kind of your version of the Ray P diet and kind of um, some of the things mm -hmm. that are staples within your kind of nutrition protocol? Yeah, um, you should get, first of all, the fats, right? You are, we're taking out all the polyunsaturated fats. That means all the liquid oils, basically. So even olive oil, you can have a little bit of that, but you can basically also take that out. Um, then I would uh, use coconut oil and butter instead. And you can use ghee, I think it's called ghee, ghee. And you can use cream, of course, but uh, those are the only fats and MCT oil, which is derived from, from coconut oil. If you need a liquid oil for something, you're cooking something and you need salad dressing or something. You're putting in, basically you're putting in into the diet a lot of saturated fats and completely eliminating polyunsaturated fats. That means even el eliminating uh, fatty fish, like salmon and um, yeah. So it goes also into the meats that you're eating <laughs> and the fish that you're eating. Um, yeah, we actually also goes into that, that pork is less good than beef because, and that comes back to that pork um, pigs, uh, when they 
when they, the, the feed that they get, that the composition, the fat composition of the feed is ending up in their fat tissues. Whereas you can feed a cow whatever, and because it ha they have a different digestive system, their fats is more saturated. So, so the concept of eliminating polyunsaturated fats first off, of course, with the oils, and also turning turning all your packages if you're buying any bread or anything. I'm not recommending that much bread, but if you are using a product that is made in a <laughs> in a factory or what it's called, then then you would have to turn it and see that it's not full of uh, polyunsaturated fats. Um, so that's, a, I, I think that's the most important uh, change you would make. Then um, there's, then we go into proteins. Proteins are very, it's very important to get enough protein because your liver is super essential in hormonal balance, in, uh, both in regards to detoxifying estrogen, but also in regards to um, activating your thyroid hormone. So if your liver is not fed enough good high quality protein, you cannot, you cannot turn the T4, which is the inactive thyroid hormone to the active thyroid hormone. So a healthy liver is very important and the liver needs good protein. So the proteins could come from eggs, meat, Milk products is very uh, important because of the calcium content also. Um, and uh, shellfish, yeah, and, and, and all the milk products, including cheeses and so forth, yeah. What do you suggest if someone can't get a good, like high quality source of dairy? Yeah, um, dairy is actually even the, how to say the not so good kinds of dairy if you have dairy products that are or you're living in or you're on, on vacation maybe or you're living in a city where you cannot get organic milk or something that is not really that big a of a concern because milk is very clean uh, even though it's not organic so it should i think all countries would have a good enough source of dairy, I would say. I think people maybe go into too much I need to live, I need to get my milk from an organic nearby farm or something. Not all people have that possibilities, of course. So uh, just normal milk. Um, maybe the milk is in my country could be better than in the U.S. I know that you add some uh, vitamin A's and D's to it, but I think Ray is just drinking normal one percent milk uh, and a lot of it, uh, and he never talks about it needs to be organic or anything. It's a very clean product in itself. The only thing with milk products is that. Uh, you can, a lot of things like yogurts, cheeses, and so forth. Um, the lactic acid in, in yogurts is made not so good. So something like um, Greek yogurt is better than normal yogurt because it's lower in lactic acid. So we have these um, modifications to dairy, or as can we say, you, you know, extra recommendations on our dairy recommendations. But in general, just a lot of dairy is good because it's 
the high calcium content is important. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, do you typically uh, like to recommend high gelatinous types of protein too? Yeah, I just talked with a person yesterday that, that asked that question about if she should have gelatin when she has her meat um, and sprayed on the meat or whatever. <laughs> that was her idea. I think maybe that's going a little, you know, it can become very complicated. I'm into not making things so complicated. But the idea is that gelatin in, uh, and, and gelatinous meat is quite healthy because the amino acid composition is actually better than when you find in muscle meat. Muscle meat has very high of some uh, inflammatory promoting amino acids and uh, in also amino acids that inhibit thyroid function. That doesn't mean that you never should eat muscle meat. Just think about if you have like each night a huge piece of, of muscle meat, that's maybe not the right way to do it. Ray still eating meat, but just think about that you can actually substitute some of your meat, some of that, that meat with gelatinous meat or with gelatin. So uh, just adding, um, it can be a uh, there's hydrolyzed gelatin that you can dissolve in, uh, in in cold drinks, for instance. It's a good way of getting a lot of protein. That does that has a better amino acid composition than the meat. Yeah, but I, you don't need to eat it at the same time. I think don't have to do that. So you think just overall totality of the protein, as long as some of it is being comp yeah. comprised. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, other than the uh, the thyroid supplement that you talked about, are there any kind of supplements that you typically like to experiment with? Yeah, I have a whole list of them. And uh, basically, the food is the essential thing, right? But uh, vitamin D is very often low in many people and and and, uh, and i have talked so many times we, we correspond a lot by email ray and i so he always mentioned uh, vitamin d calcium and thyroid they almost go together like a like a group of supplements you can use so vitamin d is a very important supplement and it's almost impossible to get enough vitamin d through your diet so um, I'm actually just, I'm, I live in Scandinavia. It's a very dark place, right? And even the summer is terrible at the moment. So, uh, so uh, yeah, supplementing with vitamin D is a good thing. Even for people that live in sunny places, because you would need quite a lot of light in the middle of the day where it's quite strong too. And you might get sunburned and... Um, the older we get, the less effective we are of turning the light, uh, the, the thing of producing vitamin D from the light. So, uh, so it's always a good thing. You can have it measured, uh, of course, and uh, try to be in the upper end of the middle range of, for vitamin D. Um, yeah, upper end of the, of the normal range, that's what. Awesome. Yeah. Do you yeah. do any kind of like aspirin or anything like that? Yeah. Sometimes I take a break from it and then I start up again. But uh, 
An aspirin per day is really good. Uh, it's a general anti-inflammatory product, so it actually also up your metabolism a little bit. It's it, 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 uh, naturally, and it is it's anti-estrogenic, so that's a good thing. Um, it's good actually. I have a trick that I often talk with people about. That's um, if you. Ray recommends huge amounts of dairy, like um, in my country we use liters, but two liters of milk is almost, that's what he, 2,000 milligrams, that's two liters of milk, uh, and that's almost impossible to get uh, to drink each day, then you cannot eat anything else, you're filled up with milk, and a lot of people are of course not doing that, so um, you can uh, still use dairy, but you can add in some extra calcium from powdered eggshells so you just take your eggshells you dry them a little in the oven and you powder them in a corby grinder but that powder is calcium carbonate and calcium carbonate is um is an alkaline substance so it's a super good calcium supplement but it's not that good uh, to get into your stomach where you have where it will neutralize stomach acid and that's not so good if you are needing to have your meal and you need that stomach acid to digest your meal and so forth. So actually by adding the aspirin and the eggshell powder, by taking it at the same time, you are offsetting the negative effect. If you should have an, you know, this ascetic feeling or uncomfortable feeling you can get from an aspirin in your, in your, in your, intestine, yeah, in your stomach. But if you have the calcium carbonate powder together with it, it offsets that negative effect, the burning effect of aspirin. And then it actually stops calcium carbonate from neutralizing your stomach acid. So uh, that's a good thing to do together. Yeah. That's awesome. That's the first time that I've heard of the calcium yeah. and aspirin combination. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going to have to give that a try for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do you typically recommend like supplementing with some kind of magnesium supplement too? Not so much. Actually, magnesium is important, but if you eat magnesium, you get magnesium from fruits, vegetables, green leaves. Um, those, those, um, and the problem with magnesium is that you can, when you, when you, it can irritate the intestine a little bit. Um, so I'm not often recommending magnesium actually, even though it's very important together with thyroid, it works together in many ways, but uh, I'm not using magnesium supplements myself. I'm, I'm counting on that. I'm getting so much good food, like, um, could be broccoli, could, could boiled broccoli. It could be, um, any leaves that you are, you, you have like that's well cooked green leaves. It can be fruits, orange juice. There would be a lot of magnesium in those things. In addition, if you're having, it's like those things goes together, magnesium, calcium, and sodium. It's all alkaline minerals. So they, they, if you have a lot enough of one, you don't need less of the other. They, they go together like that. So you can salt your food a lot and you can eat a lot of calcium and you can get your magnesium from fruits and vegetables. That's what I count on. I'm not so, no, I'm not. That's very seldom that I will recommend a magnesium supplement. 
if people, you asked in the beginning, if people are not responding to thyroid hormone, that can be a situation where you actually have um, a low amount of those minerals, sodium, magnesium, and, and calcium in, in your system. And that can make you unresponsive to thyroid hormone. So at that, but I would rather actually, I think I would rather do it from food. My computer is uh, making a little bit of a noise. I don't know if that's coming into the sound. <laughs> uh, just barely, but I, I think it's yeah. pretty good. I can still, yeah. still hear okay. you well. Um, so do you ever experiment with anything like Epsom salt baths or topical magnesium? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have experimented with it. Um, you can do, if you have a top, which I don't, <laughs> but you can, of course, do that. Uh, the only thing, you know, there are these magnesium sprays that you can use. The only thing I think with them, that's, uh, I'm, I'm very into I only do things that are comfortable. I also don't take supplements that taste terrible. Then I just take them one time, two times, and then I stop taking them. So um, the only thing with magnesium that is in the spray, that is it's very itchy, right? If you take too much, the skin itches a bit. But I think the Epsom salt bath is possibly a good choice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely enjoy my Epsom salt baths whenever I yeah. have the luxury yeah. of being able to do them for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what are some cool things, some cool, I guess, almost um, new things that you've kind of been looking into and are interested in right now? At the moment, I would say uh, prolactin, which is one of these hormones that Ray talks a lot about that is like a, a marker of inflammation. A lot of hormones come out of balance when you have a high stress, high inflammatory state. Um, and a lot of uh, people have actually contacted me and mentioned this high prolactin that they have. So, and that's what I've been looking a little bit into that bringing that down can actually have a lot of benefits. And usually a high prolactin levels level is caused by an imbalance of thyroid and too much estrogen in the system. But um, if you are suffering from it and you're doing everything right and you still have high prolactin, there are some medications that can help you. Uh, and those, those are not necessarily, not necessarily that you need to take them forever, but it can be like a treatment. Or you can actually use a very high doses of B6 vitamin, vitamin B6. Um, and that is almost as good as... Uh, also the medications that are used for it. So, so I'm looking a bit into that. And uh, because a lot of customers or well, clients has come with this, this problem. Um, and if we do everything right, we're using Ray, Dr. Ray P's progesterone, we're using the diet, we're using thyroid hormone, how can the prolaxin not come down? And then we work on that with some very high B6 or some Vitec, which is a herb that that uh, is called vitex uh, that um, that helps with with that too do you ever use um high dose vitamin e for that at all i don't know not so much you could maybe vitamin e is a good uh, substance that has a lot of very important properties um yeah you could do that 
Mm. I mean, I do recommend some vitamins and mineral in general, but those vitamin six, I'm sorry, vitamin B6 uh, dosages are really high. So um, it's very high. So it's a little bit out of what you would get in a normal B complex uh, vitamin. Um, but but you could also use vitamin E. That's also very uh, anti-estrogenic substance. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Benedicte, I want to be respectful yes. of your time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where can people find you as far as your website, social media, all of that good stuff? Yeah. Um, yeah, you can find my website. That's uh, biochemnordic.com. And then I have, I'm on Facebook. So you can either search for, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> uh, you can search for Biochem Nordic or you can search for thyroid specialist because um, yeah, that's what I'm called there in there too. So Biochem Nordic or thyroid specialist. Yeah. Awesome. And for those of you listening, I'll make sure to have a link to all of her stuff down in the show notes. Yes. So uh, feel free to follow through and check all of her stuff out. Um, Benedicte, I look forward to doing this again in the future and I really yeah. appreciate your time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, let's do it again. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to hit the like button, subscribe and leave a comment down below if you want us to cover a different topic.